All right, welcome back to Steadcast. I'm your host, Kieran Clements, Steadfast Runners head coach and part-time jogger. And how is my co-host? I'm very well, thank you. Co-host, what's your name? Sam Wade. <laughs> at request, at extended request of that review that we had about introducing ourselves every week. We've taken it slightly personally, haven't we? It's important people know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Kieran Clements, Sam Wade, don't forget it. <laughs> I run, he also runs and does YouTube. And this podcast as well. And this just podcast. To, just to keep myself busy. <laughs> anyway, let's not dwindle on introducing each other for 10 minutes. What are we going to talk about today, Kieran? Well, today we are going to talk about marathon training. We're going to talk about it across a whole spectrum of different approaches. We're going to talk about your marathon training because if you've been listening, you'll know Sam has been training for I, the london marathon th- and is gone sorry to jump in i think anybody who's spoken to me literally since i announced it to everyone is pretty <laughs> aware of it i have made no secret hiding it and it's g- genuinely it's got to that point where when i ran my five minute mile um you know all those months ago when i was training for that i could only really think about the run and the running and sort of it overtook me a little bit mm. and the marathon's just doing the same every honestly every single day just 26.2 times even more intense do you know what i've started like thinking about stuff and i've started thinking about you know like i wonder how that would look at you know, like really artistic stupid stuff like i was looking at some titles and some posters that i was doing the other day and i thought i wonder if i make that 26.2 centimeters long is that going to be a nice little <laughs> easter egg honestly it's, it's in wow my, okay it's so in we my, can ex- we can expect a real artistic like it's in he my, spent way too long on this youtube video coming after the london marathon it's in my brain honestly <laughs> oh dear no we love to hear it so yeah we're going to talk about marathon training uh we're going to talk about sam's personal marathon training the importance of training in a group we'll touch a little bit on specific sessions and how i think that you should approach your approach to the london marathon or any other marathon that you're doing i think we'll be probably quite focused on london just because that's the one that you're doing and that's the one that quite a lot of people will be doing that are listening to this. So. Is, it the, is it the first major marathon of the year as well, London? Boston's a little bit before London. Oh, I think right, Boston okay. might be literally the week before. Okay. Um, but I mean, we, all, we all know London's better anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> well, do you know what? I was thinking about this recently and this is something, if anyone's run, I'd be interested. If you have run both of these marathons, hit us up with a comment or get in touch with one of us because I want to know your thoughts. Here's a theory and we like a good Sam Wade theory people that train for london are harder than people that train for berlin because if you train for berlin that's in september so you've got all you've got that's a bold claim and i mean this by you get to train all in the summer you get lovely summer's evenings you can go out for a run at nine o'clock and it's lovely and summery if you train for london this is maybe europe specific if you you know if you live up a mountain in kenya for example ain't gonna make too much difference Mm. but if you're if you're like an average fun runner and you're training for one or the other berlin you get all the lovely summer to do all your training it's hard and horrible training for london i'm out there in the cold it gets dark at four o'clock come on this is spoken by a man who has clearly never had to do a long run when it's 30 degrees outside trust me training in the heat is something else heat and humidity give me yeah give me cold and rain over crazy (laughs) heat and humidity any day trust me especially with marathon training fair enough training for the track yeah the summer that's what you want like you want to you want nice warm weather you want to be sprinting around the track get your muscles really nice and warm get a good sweat on but yeah when you've got 20 plus mile training runs to do let me tell you the heat is your worst enemy fair well there you go then we can throw this out to listeners and i don't know if there's a way that we can put a poll up i don't know if we can instagram poll or instagram yeah Yeah. there we go anyone who's had extended experience of training in one or the other give us your thoughts hot Hot, versus cold hot versus cold there we go should we draw some like some lines under it so let's say 25 degrees and And 80 percent humidity right versus what should we say three degrees and a light rain there you go which would you rather there we go we'll put that we'll put that on the steadfast instagram account that could even be one of our final final four we can make it a final five questions one of our quick fire questions yeah yeah training (laughs) the searing hot the freezing cold the most boring would you rather of all time (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely uh well look we're not just going to ramble about weather. I do want to crack on. Uh, but but first, just I just want to give a couple of shout outs to the podcast listeners. And if that's you, then this is an extended shout out to you. But specifically, I've had a few people. I don't know if you've found this. Now I'm starting to have whatever I get up to, whether it's social runs or park runs or even just random people reaching out to me on social media. I'm having a noticeable amount of people now 
say to me, oh, I listened to the pod or I like this or I saw your video that like, I, I don't know if you get that. But yeah, I'm no, a little bit. I, th- <laughs> I think you must be a good deal more approachable than I am because <laughs> I've definitely not had you. I mean, you've got a little list there of the people that you've spoken to that have said, or maybe I just don't take it in quite so much. But yeah, I mean, I've had a fair few. Like, it, it's it is always re- it's really cool to hear. So guys, if you're thinking it, come on and tell us. Yes. Yeah. We love it. We love patting ourselves on the back here. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you know what? It, it's a great thing. And just to shout out a few names, there's a few of the Steadcast guys in here. Chris Cook and Chris Murrow shouted out to me. Um, Francis um, Britton, who obviously I ran my 10K room, we spoke a little about yeah. in the pod, yeah. He got a little bit wound up to me, uh, wound up about me uh, yesterday whilst we were running because there's that <laughs> bit in the podcast where I, I say that I went past him. And funny enough, we were talking about that just as we ran over the bridge on Alton Water yesterday. And he said, I've got every right to push you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, love it a bit of friendly competition we need to get you guys in another race because he'll probably do everything to try and beat you now. i reckon yeah apart from and i'm gonna give him the tools to do it nah rubbish <laughs> mate. no he's not he's not hard enough Ooh. <laughs> oh, hear that france <laughs> anyway I just Sunday, get... he's gonna push you off that alton water bridge he is definitely. or one of these days you're gonna be going up a hill he's just gonna put it on you i'm just gonna milk this for all it's worth now just <laughs> create an unnecessary rivalry um but yeah also just want to give a shout out to cara she reached out to me on instagram said she listened to the pod um my dad as well is an avid listener um Ollie, friend of the show, we've mentioned before, and um, Neil, who I think you know, Neil, we've reached out to as Parkrun, friend of the show, um, mm-hmm. and also David Smith, aka Bishop. He said that he was going <laughs> to listen to the pod on his most recent flight over to Sweden to go and see another one of our friends. Ah, well, so there we go. Get him to play it to Henrik when he gets there as well. That's it. So just <laughs> wanted to give some shout outs. Look, if you are listening, we're starting to see our numbers creep up a little bit. And this just kind of started out as a bit of fun, but if it's actually helping people and you enjoy it, it makes. Oh, it makes me feel yeah, really no, good. No, it's really it? cool. I mean, this is basically just us, what we would normally have a chat about, but we're just recording yeah. it. I mean, this is, you guys are just listening to our stream of consciousness. And yeah, it's really literally. cool that people are actually enjoying it. It's not just useless content, just floating around out there in the cloud. So yeah, it's good. Cool. And, and I think we'll, we'll, what do they call it? Signposting or mm. foreshadowing maybe. <laughs> part of a you know this this is actually a really important thing is this is our kind of way of engaging with a running community and mm. talking about engaging with the community in groups is obviously something that we're going to talk a lot about later on yes from a training um, standpoint yeah there we go great so i'm just gonna sort of throw this back over to you though because on our notes here we've done our first couple of bits but before we jump right into marathon let's talk a little bit about the halfway point 13.1 <laughs> and the significance of some of the performances of the steadcast guys yeah over the over the weekend yeah well we had a few, we had two of our oh, well of my athletes that coach running the half marathon over the weekend and we also had me running the half marathon over the weekend which didn't go quite so well but we'll talk about these guys first because they're the achievers among us and they've absolutely smashed it so we had Dan Summersgill run a five uh five minute pb five minutes plus to take his pb from 88 minutes down to 83 minutes and eight and 23 seconds shifting in it huge improvement absolutely shifting huge improvement but an even bigger improvement was steve taylor steve took his pb from outside 140 to under 130 ran 89 minutes and 20 seconds absolutely smashed it and that is a proper sweet spot as well to get a pb to creep under 90 90 minutes is yeah that's that barrier that a lot of people look at and think like yeah that's proper running there well do you know what i when from when i ran my half all those years ago and admittedly i had no idea what i was doing but i kind of got to the start line i I thought to myself i fancy 90 minutes somewhere there or thereabouts Mm. and once i got going it became pretty evident to me that i wasn't going to crack 90 but i finished under 100 and I was out on a run the other day and I was thinking about the significance of how much faster I actually needed to be. And <laughs> it's, it, it's a long time. Like it's I mean, 100 minutes versus 90 minutes. That's what, roughly 20 to 30 seconds a mile. That's just mental maths. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, but it's, it's, it's a good move. So, you know, and so to see... You now know how much faster 30 seconds or so a mile is as yeah, well. Like exactly. you felt that like in your training runs and once they start to add up to 10 miles plus then it does make a huge difference it's a long, so, long time so to have both i mean obviously by say both those guys one of them was obviously comfortably inside you know 90 minutes mm. uh, but to see steve creep under you could really well, tell that, that you're was talking a, about the difference in the amount of time per mile you had to run faster i mean both of them ran significantly per mile faster than they had ever done before for that distance exactly and what's even more impressive is both of those did it both of those guys did it at the great bentley half marathon this weekend which fair enough it's a fairly flat fast course but 
like it was bad weather like it was not good weather for running fast it was wet it was windy but they just got out there they just ground it out and came home rewarded with massive pb so it's really inspiring to see i i again extended congratulations because I've not officially run under 90 and a half. I've done quite yeah. close in a training run um, and I'm pretty confident that I will be able to. But for me, whenever I see any, but like you say, whenever I see someone and they go, yeah, sub sub 90 for a half, I sort of go, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go, if it's, you, you if it starts with an 80, 70, 60 or 50, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever met a sub 60 half marathon runner. They're no. pretty few and far between. No. But. Anyway, uh, anything anything under ninety is yeah. yeah, that's proper and, running there. And also, just a uh, another shout out I want to give out to not a steadfast athlete, but again, I think we can say friend of the show. We're starting to get a lot of friends of the show. It's nice, isn't it? We are, yeah, um, we're a friendly bunch. <laughs> Mama G, Georgia, Georgia Humphreys. Uh, she, I ran. I want to say it was an eighty-seven minute. I think I remember it seeing eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah just uh, pretty close to a PB. I think it's yeah, it's pretty close. And again, she said that she had a bit of a tough time when it got windy. Um, mm. so a mass and considering that that's her should have found herself a nice big bloke to hide behind <laughs> that's it well and considering that's her first kind of i think major run in the build-up to her efforts coming up in april as well yeah and um, i think am i i may or may not be right in saying first major run post-pregnancy i think i think so so first yeah. kind of significant race that i know about where she's gone out deliberately to kind of test the waters so yeah if we're wrong there georgia slate us in the comments yeah it's fine mama g big up well done <laughs> another friend of the show as well we should probably shout out as well which was shouted out before is ollie ollie ran 80 minutes for his half as I, well which i didn't know i think running. that's a fairly solid pb so good run ollie well done mate um and then what else would we say oh my race okay so we'll, we won't spend too much time on this i ran a half marathon in spain for england and didn't end up finishing because of Da, 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 a bad footwear choice oh it's not like you said moan about <laughs> shoes on this podcast Kieran. i know i know unbelievable yeah what logo I've, uh, did they have on the side <laughs> it was an adidas logo oh <laughs> uh, man yeah uh there's not really much more to say than that i got to got to eight miles and my feet were being smashed a bit so i had to had to withdraw from the race i mean it's it's annoying that it happened in an England vest and it was really embarrassing having to jog it in with one shoe half off. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's sport. These things happen. you got to go just dust yourself off and go again, yeah. basically. But now I'm just ready to throw myself into training for a couple of weeks and come back in the big half in in about a month's time just under a month's time yeah it's a less it's a lesson learned ultimately isn't it and and sport exactly. and I, you know not for me to sit here and give you lessons about running <laughs> uh, but, but you, you know how it goes like you say it's sport and anything can happen and, and next time you'll know that you don't wear those shoes and exactly well people have, people have taken much bigger losses in the past so it's, exactly it's fine. It, it is what happened much but much better athletes than me have made much stupider decisions like that was a stupid decision to run in a pair of shoes that i'd never run that far in before yeah but yeah yeah sometimes you got to take a gamble you live and you learn you still got both your feet exactly yeah just about yeah <laughs> <laughs> both feet blistered to <laughs> shit but <laughs> oh dear yeah so oh, there's dear. there's marathon tip number one is make sure you've done your long training runs in the shoes that you intend to race in it's if big... you've got a long marathon pace run or tempo or something like that because i had only ever worn those for a 10k race and a few intervals on the track yeah that's where I went wrong. And I just assumed like, yeah, they're fine. Like they've never hurt me before. <laughs> and I had every reason to think that to be fair, but yeah. now in future, if I've got a long race to do, you better believe I'm going to be doing my long tempos in the shoes I intend to race in. Yeah. Well done. Well done. There you go. That's a good bit of advice for everyone. That's a little Easter egg that we've just snuck in there by accident. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah, we'll, we might as well get onto the main body of what we want to chat about today and it's marathon training. So let's start off by talking about your marathon training because out of the two of us here, you're the only one that's actually training for a marathon. So <laughs> how's it going? Well, mentally, like I explained earlier, it is overtaking pretty much everything I do. I just think about the marathon a lot. <laughs> but the thing is, I think because I really value it as an event, you know, it's an event that I always watch and it's an event that I've always wanted to get into. And now I'm in it. It's kind of like, don't take your eye off the ball. I know it sounds ridiculous because obviously we're still, what, 12 weeks away? 12 weeks yesterday. Yep. Yeah. So it still feels like it's far enough away, but as with all things, and you can do this with anything, a holiday, birthdays, like you know how it goes. It just creeps up and you know, bam, it's there. <laughs> so I'm not taking my eyes off it, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel 
kind of I have these like weird up and down moments with it mentally and I want to talk a little bit about the mental side of things because I talk about running for clarity quite a lot and I will happily go and grind out a 10k at any old pace that feels right if I'm just feeling a bit rough and it always makes me feel better yep but the knowledge of training for something you know like this big behemoth like 26 miles <laughs> you know finishing up like yesterday finished up a 16 mile long run you go that's okay only another 10 miles to do on the top of it 10.2 like, you know you say it like that and all of mm. a sudden it sounds a lot so mentally it's kind of getting over things and i've had a couple of these longer runs where i've finished them like i did a 14 mile one and then i think it was a 15 mile one last week and then like i said yesterday a 16 mile run and I've had those, that 14 and a half and the 15 one that I did a couple of weeks ago, I finished those and I felt battered. Yeah. Well, that was, th- those two runs, they were hard runs. I mean, one of them was your first ever run of that type of distance. First time you ever did two laps of open water. And then yeah. the second one, I sprung a session on you right with five minutes to go before you were actually going to run. Exactly. So. so, so it's been, it's been kind of, you know, getting over the mental battle of, I don't know. Not a sentimental battle. Like there's a physical barrier, which is you go for a 15 mile run. It's going to hurt because yeah. it's a 15 mile run. Like what do you expect? Especially anyone who knows the terrain at Alton Water. It involves big hills and all this sort of thing. It's a big challenging, hills, yeah, tough underfoot, and challenging yeah. place to run. So it's kind of yeah, I finish those runs and I go like, geez, I'm battered. I don't know how I'm going to survive <laughs> in a marathon. But then, like I said, I went out and I did a eight mile tempo the other day, and an eight miler is a little bit longer than one lap of Alton Water. Yep. And I was flying. I was going like, wow, I'm going quick. <laughs> and it felt amazing. So then I had like that little mental high. And then I'm telling you, Alton Water is like one of my secrets. It yeah. really is one of my secrets to getting good at running. Just to getting, not to getting good at running, but just to getting tough. Yeah. You run there and you slog around at whatever pace it is that you get. Like you feel like you're getting absolutely nowhere near where you think you should be running. And then you go somewhere else, you go somewhere that's flat, you go somewhere that's nice underfoot, you get a good bit of good weather behind you, and suddenly it's it's easy. Yeah, and the that's... The pace that you want to hit is just coming to you naturally, and you can just relax and just hit those splits. That's it. So so to kind of talk a little bit about my training, anything else, you know, the, the kind of what I'd call like the daily mileage, you know, going out for a five-mile run here, an eight-mile run there, whatever it is, those are the mm. sort of distances I'm kind of choosing anywhere between maybe like four miles up to about nine miles is my kind of daily runs. Yep. And then, obviously, and then we've got the specific stuff with the long runs and the sessions. Yeah, so the sessions, like I say, the session the other day was an eight-mile tempo, and that really resonated with me because I was a little bit afraid to do it. Mm. Went out and then completely smashed it, and it felt a br- it felt <laughs> like a breeze. Well, I yeah, I was going to say I set you the tempo at like what would be quite low on your threshold. Or sorry, no, relatively high on your threshold, and you went out and you ran actually even quicker. So and, and, you're and in I, you're in much better shape than I thought you would yeah, be. Yeah, and, and it felt good too. So that mm. was a huge confidence boost. But like I say, you have these sort of weird emotional battles where you you, know, you finish one run like a big 15 miler at Alton War, and you feel battered, and you go, God, I don't know how I'm going to survive. <laughs> and then you go out and you do that session, you go, Geez, I felt like I had loads more to give. Yeah. So and then it, hopefully you'll get to London, and the first 5k is basically free. It's downhill. <laughs> so <laughs> you never heard me say that before. No. Yeah, first first five k is free in London. Anyone who has run the course and disagrees with me, you're wrong. <laughs> no, fair enough. First five k is free. You'll feel great in the first five k. All you can do is go too too fast. Yeah. You'll definitely be ahead of pace. Yeah. No, that's. Although, fine. actually, well, from where you're starting, if you hopefully you can shove your way far enough to the front that you won't be too caught up in the crowds. Yeah. Well, I'm planning to but, get there in decent time, so mm-hmm. I'm not planning to rock up and then like try and scramble to the start. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so I'll be... Stand I'll be, in the crowd and do the star jumps as you warm up like everyone else. I can't imagine anything worse. Um, but <laughs> Guys, yeah. if you want to get the most out of yourselves, don't do that. Or do everything else and then just do a couple of star jumps just to look good. Just to join, join <laughs> in with the group photo. Just, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so, so to kind of bring it back around, in terms of, you know, physically, I'm not really struggling too much. Like I said, the longer runs are battering me, but kind of once I get out on my feet, it's, it's feeling okay. It is, mm. It's just that mental barrier of it's a really long way, it's a really long way, it's a really long way. Yeah, and well, let's move on to then talk about the thing that's helped you the most on these long runs. And we've managed to knock you up a little bit of a group, haven't we? A little yeah. training squad. Yeah, and this again is something that I think whichever level of sport you go to, you'll always find the message of find a good group resonates and I think it resonates across sport as well. It's about building kind of a team around you basically, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it's interesting to talk about running because, and this was something that Ineos um, 159 talked about a lot. There you go. There's our Kipchoge reference thrown in. There it is. The the first (laughs) of several, I'm sure, in a marathon pod. 
But the thing that got to me was that running, and they said this on the Ineos Challenge, is they go, running is usually a really individual sport and you don't think of it as a team effort yeah. you know, outside of a relay on the track in the Olympics. But you, you know, yeah, but yeah, no, I know. You, you mean. know what it's I mean? A, you think it's it just as, you out there versus yourself and everybody else. Yeah, yeah it's an every man for himself kind of thing. But they mm. talked a little bit about how much of a difference it made to the, the final event mm-hmm. having a whole team. And yes, definitely. I, well, how much it, how much of a difference it made to the final event having a whole team and having those guys pacing Kipchoge and all of that stuff, but also how much a difference it made to his training, being exactly. able to train with a massive... He trains with the NN Nike team. I don't know yeah. what NN stands for, to be honest, but he trains with those guys and they have a massive squad of them. And like, for example, one of his training partners is Jeffrey Kamwar, world half marathon record holder. Yeah. And like... Like, are you telling me he can't hang with at least 90% of Kipchoge's marathon-specific stuff? Exactly, yeah. And, and the thing is, you do see them, and they go out in, in huge groups. You know, they're like you so you see t- pictures of, like, 20 of them running together. And it just whittles down until there's just, like, one or two left. I mean, one of the one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram is Julian Wonders because he has quite a lot of footage of his training runs in Kenya, yeah. Kenya out there. And it's you start off, there's a huge group of them, and it just whittles down, and whittles <laughs> down, and whittles down, and then eventually it's just like you got the just call. him running away from everyone, or yeah. like just him and one or two other people, yeah. just dropping like two fifty k's at the end of like a nineteen miler or something ridiculous, Dis- disgusting. Uh, but yeah, so to talk a little bit about the group and kind of what I've found is that generally I don't struggle too much running by myself, but yesterday was a really significant day so as we record this uh it's a, it's a monday so i talked about my 60 mile long run i did that yesterday and that was done with uh, paul wayne who is somebody who's coming on who's your just signed up for, for yeah some... for steadfast he's on the marathon program exactly so he's uh, he was excited to come out and join in with us and then francis who obviously we've mentioned that is a some jolly banter your rival slash training partner exactly but <laughs> yeah. but the thing is good is i mean it, it, Certainly yesterday, we were all in generally the same fitness pools, obviously a lot faster than Francis and I are on, you know, if you take him at face value. Yeah, well, I mean, Paul's had quite a few years of running under his belt versus you and Francis, but yeah. But yeah, yesterday it felt like we were all in the same sort of fitness. We all went out kind of not with like a specific goal other than just to do the two laps. Mm-hmm. And then I think Paul finished a little bit earlier. France did 15. Yeah, oh, well, 16. he's had a tough week to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I told so. him like, go as little as you can. Yeah, so it was really nice. And the thing was, after the hard session that we had last week when you were there and we were being dragged up those hills at like 6.40 pace or whatever goddamn time we were going around. <laughs> it felt so refreshing to go out. And we just had a chat the whole go way around. Go out and just jog around and just talk, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, in, in the end, you know, I was looking at and some of the miles that we did, they started to drop down to like, kind of seven seven oh fours and well, things like that you ticked off your last couple at about 6 30 you and francis did yeah. unless that was a gps error no no, like... no i went for it a little bit but yeah but it felt really good and and having that kind of group to go on and it felt good because you know what it's like you've talked a lot about that mental elastic band i think mm. that was kind of joining the group together because we all had moments where maybe one of us you know slipped because it was muddy and then you sort of got to get back on the pace and then there was a lot of that kind of back and forth, but generally yeah. having the group, it felt like it was kind of the train that carried us all the way around. You were all kind of dragging each other along a little bit. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. When one person kind of steps, slips behind a little bit, it just takes one of the others to be like, come on, like get back on it. Yeah. And it just gives you that extra little bit of like, just gets you back into yeah, and it was back and, into gear basically, and it was good because I often find like the hardest parts of it are just like the getting going part, and it's quite good because when you all get going, you can just have a chin wag about what was yeah, happening, exactly. and then it just started like it doesn't matter if you drop a nine minute first mile, nobody cares, no one's going to hold it against you, like if you because you're having a chat and you're just getting warmed up, like that's it, fine, it, exactly. So that that felt really refreshing, and I'll tell you what, the biggest difference that I noticed. And if you're one of these stubborn people that goes, oh, no, I only train by myself, just go and try and find somebody <laughs> who hang with you. Because like I say, Francis ran 15 miles yesterday and he and I were sort of running together as we came up through the last two or three. Mm. And Francis kind of put his foot down and said, I'm going to finish with some gas for the for the last mile. And then I sort of tried to hang with him, but just let him go a little bit. And then when I had one mile left, and the mile was not significant distance for someone like you or I who can deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as I knew it was 100% me running by myself, 
a, a little thought went through my head of like concentrate you've got to stay focused now because even though it was yeah because you didn't have someone to hang on the back of to yeah you can see him like, engage off of him yeah and all just like just to keep me just i know it sounds really silly but like that last mile i did ended up going over the dam at old water which gets windy mm. so it's a case of like i don't have anyone to kind of get me through the windy bit i really had to concentrate and I, <laughs> and you almost you know that kind of almost despair feeling that you get sometimes you get like oh yeah. i've got to go and do this I had that very, very briefly. And I thought that was really interesting that I'd felt so comfortable comparatively doing two laps to, to how I had done before. And then as soon as you're out by yourself, you're like, oh man, like this sucks. Like I've got to really focus. Yeah. And that was only with a mile left. And that was mm. a really interesting difference I noticed in myself. Yeah. So I... It, it, what would be nice is if if we can get you at some point to do some of your interval sessions with a group as well and see what a difference that makes. I think that would make a tremendous difference because mm. the, the big thing with that... I well, think if we is... could get the three of you and maybe even a couple of others because there's like Chris Moore, for example, is training for long distance events and he lives in Suffolk. Like just get you guys on the track together or on the roads or the field or something and just trade off reps. Like one of you lead and then the others follow. Like, I mean, let's say you've got a session of let's just say 400 reps like a ton of 400 reps to make it easy we'll call it 20 by 400 if there's four of you you only have to lead five reps yeah exactly and that means you've got 15 reps of just following and not thinking at all just making sure you don't get dropped and you know what that's the point as soon as you said it there that kind of ticked over is it concentration wise i didn't realize Mm. it but i don't think people realize how much concentration running actually takes and mm. I say that as somebody who spends a lot of his time, whenever I go on about I run for clarity and that sentence that I've used half a dozen times, Yeah. if I go out for just a run for myself, especially if I'm not going quickly, I do tend to think about like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about this. And you I'm, can you kind know, of get lost in your thoughts and stuff that. like that. Yeah, but when you've got a pace to hit. And you've got a target. When you've got, yeah, when you've got a target, when you've got a bit of specificity, a bit of structure. Yeah. There is, yeah, there is definitely that element of you have to concentrate, you have to focus, you have to... Yeah. really dial your brain into what you're doing and that's a really important part of perf- running for performance rather than running for completion yeah and which is a term that i'm kind of i'm enjoying using that term more and more because i yeah. think it is really reflective of the running community yeah you do have those that run for completion and those that run for performance yeah. and especially i think for you and what you want steadfast to be in the the types of people that so far are under your wing mm. they're you know they're, they're not, driven people they're, they're driven people and they've come to you as seeing somebody who is kind of much higher up in the running world than a lot of other people are in terms of their time and their experience and all that sort of thing you've had a lot more experience in all sorts of different environments like in america and obviously the distances and pacing in london you've had all that thing and people mm. i think come to you because they want to almost like say those inside tips it's a, yeah exactly it's a, it's like a transferring of knowledge basically and it's yeah it's great that you make that point about the kind of the drive of the athletes that i coach because that's one thing is if you don't want to improve, if you're not a performance athlete, let's put it that way. So you go to park run and you've got the people that say, oh, I've done a hundred park runs. Okay, but what's your fastest one? And they don't know. Yeah. Those aren't the type of people that I would like to coach. I, I like I like to coach and it's nothing against them. That's fine. Like you're doing a good thing. You're getting out there, you're exercising, you're staying healthy, but you're not my type of runner if that makes sense. I think, I'd like to, I like to coach the people that say, yeah, I've just run a PB. I've It's great. Or I'm oh, kind yeah. of disappointed in my run today because oh, I was 10 seconds off and it's yeah. great weather. I ran 20 minutes and one second. I want to run 19 and 59. Exactly. Yeah, sort of yeah. Exactly. And that's, do you know what? That's what Steve Taylor said to me on the phone before uh, Great Bentley, the night before Great Bentley. He said, if I run 90 minutes and three seconds tomorrow, I'll scream. I'm going to be livid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel that Because <laughs> he's he thinks of himself as having a bit of a kick as well. So if yeah. I, I said to him, if you see 89 on that clock, you gotta go. you're going to be getting, you're going to run 89. You're not going to run 90. Yeah, that's it. Well, I must admit, as somebody who has had, as somebody who's had the three hour term tossed at him a lot, talking about marathon running, oh God, <laughs> if, I can't imagine, I can't imagine. If you fin- turn into the mall and see 259. <sighs> To be yeah. fair, it'd be too late. You'd probably want yeah. to see two fifty eight. It's a good way to go when you turn into the mouth. But I, I, I tell you what, right? The way that the way that I'm looking at this, and we won't do too much foreshadowing over my time and things like that. But I'd love <laughs> to run a sub three marathon. I'd love to, and I'm I really hope I can at some point in my That's life. That's what the training's geared towards. Exactly. But put it this way: if I and Steve, you'll relate to this as somebody who's just hit his target time. If I run a marathon and my time comes in. 
if it comes in at like three and what I'd call like double digits, I'll go like, I gave it everything and it wasn't to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it comes in at like 302 or something like 301, I'd just be like three in singles, like low singles. I'd just be mm. screaming at myself. <laughs> just like, well, I suppose, yes, I know. I mean, you think about, let's just say 301. You ran oh. three hours and one minute. Like a minute over the course of a marathon, that's still a decent amount. That's nearly four seconds a mile. I, mean, I know. That's, I wouldn't be too disappointed by that. No, to be but, honest. But yeah, we won't. We won't get into it. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know what? And, and something we can talk about, and to bring it back around to what we're talking about, groups. What about when you're in a race environment or when you're in a big run environment? I know that obviously you don't have big crowds of people around you so much, maybe in your experiences. But I, I expect for the the type of level that i'll be running at in london you're almost going to get that kind of mentality you'll be able to clock on to people that you sort of go well you were with me five miles ago and you're still here you must be roughly in the same sort of fitness as me let's hang let's hang and see how you go yeah i mean i've never you're going to target people maybe yeah i don't know because i mean this is going to be my first experience of having of following someone in the marathon that is about this level because to be completely honest, and I mean no offense by this, I've never paid any attention to around the three-hour group in the marathon. No. no because my my exposure has always been to the elite side. And so this is a new thing for me as well. So I don't know how much crowd you're going to have. You may have so many people around you that you don't know who's who. Yeah. You may not even be able to recognize, unless you've, you're running with someone that's going for, you know, the world record being dressed as like a dinosaur or something like that. Like, yeah. You might not, you might not recognize some of the people around you because they're just going to be a bunch of good, hardworking club runners that are all trying to do the same thing as you. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to run a PB. But it'll be interesting to see because I dare say you might end up kind of mentally with a group, don't you? I reckon you, I reckon you'll find at least a few people to run with. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you may even and I probably would suggest you do this is early doors after 5k or so. If there's people that are around you that are sort of consistently just have, have a word with them, say what time are you trying to run and just work together, say, okay, cool. Like let's keep track of each other. We want to run sub three. That's about 650 pace. Let's make sure we're staying on 650s. Like you don't want to throw in a 629th mile and then pay for it in the 23rd. (laughs) Same time. You don't want to throw in a 720 and have to make up for it. No, it's, it's a good way to think about it. And you know what? It's a really interesting kind of use of a group because Mm. like you say, this is that, I think this is that kind of sweet spot between competitiveness and camaraderie. You know, when you, when you, the marathon is that exact, you've nailed it there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Competitiveness versus camaraderie camaraderie until 20 miles competitiveness until the finish yes in the last 10k see (laughs) see who's got the legs exactly no i saw someone describe the other day the marathon as a 20 mile warm-up for a 10k race and that (laughs) that's evil that is that is pure evil i know and yeah you've not even run 20 miles yet god no yeah but that does bring us around to the next thing that we wanted to talk about and that's the long runs in training well, I, I'll let you kind of go off on this because obviously I've talked a little bit about my experience with long runs so far and they have all been primarily at Alton Water and they've been some variation of a lap and a half, two laps and mm-hmm. then doing a little bit extra well, or something. to put that in mileage terms for people that kind of, which is what people, anyone who doesn't know Suffolk doesn't know Alton Water will be thinking, how many miles should I be running on my long run? So first thing, do not neglect the long run. The long run, if you're training for the marathon, is the most important part of your week. If you sacrifice anything in the week, do not sacrifice the long run. And I think you'll come to learn this the more and more you train for the marathon. And you've done, you've just really scratched the surface of what you're going to be doing. You've done 16 miles so far. I'm looking to try and get you up to about 22. Yeah. And I think 22 to 24 is kind of the sweet spot for your level and above well, it's your, with your, long running. You'd call it your 90% of the way there, wouldn't you? In terms of um, in terms of, in terms of having your time on the feet for for the overall distance, yeah, yeah, the, that I guess yeah, twenty two would take you roughly. I mean, seventy five for ten uh, two thirty. Yeah, you wouldn't be. You'd be about two forty two forty five for yeah. for a twenty two mile run. Well, so my one of my golden rules with long runs as well is, even if it takes you three hours to run eight and you're only getting eighteen miles, don't go over three hours time on your feet your body doesn't need that stimulus. Right. Okay. Like even if you're if you're aiming to run 6 hours in the marathon, just do your 3-hour training run even if that only gets you 13 miles, that's fine. Like you don't want to 
burn yourself out before race day basically yeah it's interesting and do you know what that talking about talking about that is is something you've used that and i've used it now that time on feet kind of attitude is yeah it's interesting to hear that you've kind of got a almost like a threshold so it's, it. it's a limit basically is i just don't think that anyone should be running more than three hours in training because that's that's ridiculous think about things you could do in three hours yeah, think so about just taking that amount of time out of your day on a exactly. sunday yeah especially if you're traveling to a location like old water i mean the yeah. ultimate the ultimate goal for you on your kind of when you're really deep into the hardest block of marathon training, marathon specific work is we want to get you doing a 22 mile run around Alton water. So that's three laps around there. And we want to be putting in bursts at marathon pace. Okay. I don't, I don't want to give away all the secrets. I'm yeah. not going to tell you how far you're going to be doing, but there's going to be some marathon pace work in there. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of other people, and this is something obviously I've not experienced it yet, but maybe anyone who's run a marathon can give us their thoughts on what I'm about to say. And anyone who wants to run a marathon, maybe you feel the same way that I do, but somebody who hasn't run anywhere close to that 20 mile distance at the moment, Mm -hmm. on paper at least, I think had I finished a 20 mile run yesterday, I'd be going like, I can do most of it. Like it gives you that kind of almost a relief. Yeah. And you like, I think you, I think you kind of need that. Well, that's like, the thing think, is, this is a big scary thing. Whether you're running 10k, 20 miles, marathon, any any distance, if it's a new distance that's alien to you, even if it's only one mile, to be able to go out and say, I can run half a mile is going to give you infinitely more confidence in your own ability. Than if you had done quarter of a mile, for example. Exactly. Mm. You know, and, and sometimes you hear it where people don't, you know, they say, oh, you don't need to do crazy distance or crazy time to to get to get to a point i think for me for this all being so new and anyone else who's listening who maybe this is a new experience for you as well training for the marathon mm. i feel like you can probably understand my points coming from is that you know at the moment you don't actually know i don't actually know where i can run 26 miles yeah but and if, the point i think i think you can i think if you had a marathon if you had the marathon this weekend you could go out and you could complete it but it's we're bringing it back again to that point where we're not running for you to complete the marathon. We're running you to complete your best marathon. Yeah. And that's why we're having you do 22 miles. That's why we're having you do marathon-specific work. That's why we're building up and we're really emphasizing the long run. Yeah. That's, And that's the difference. Like, if your goal is to complete a marathon, Jesus, you don't need to be running three hours. Like, most people can finish a marathon Yeah. with relatively little training, you know, just marathon distance is 26 miles you could probably run 26 miles a week for you know 10 to 12 weeks and finish the marathon most people yeah but you're never going to run your best one that way no it's fair to run your best one you know you've got to be doing that long run you've got to be doing runs on other days and you've got to be doing what we'll get into next and that is sessions so this is the bit where i now start to get a little bit i say nervous maybe nervous isn't the right word but as somebody who is pretty intimidated maybe. yeah no intimidate is the right word and, and the thing is most people would say right you can either do say my eight mile run the other day mm-hmm. if i said right you've got yeah, your tempo you can do, run yeah you can yeah. do eight, eight miles or you can go out and do 16 on the weekend everyone <laughs> obviously you choose eight but the fact that I think the thing for me is I'm a bit... Intimidated. The fact that they were eight miles at 6.40 pace is kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that I think gets me is that setting a time, obviously, going fast for a long period of time when it still feels a bit alien, that's a bit scary. And the other thing as well is that you don't get like, like a long run, like you say, three hours on your feet or whatever you want to go and do. Realistically, you can find a place to do it. Whereas mm. interval sessions, it's not... You need to think... Specific. I think you just need to plan them a little bit more so than you would do with a normal run. Absolutely. And and you want to plan them, obviously, so you can get the most out of them and the most out of yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that maybe adds in a little bit of extra stress onto something you know, you're already maybe questioning, as I have a couple of times, questioning yourself, can I actually do it? How am I going to feel? Yeah. Well, I think you kind of nailed it there with the intervals. Like basically what you want to do with those sessions, when I set you a session with a specific goal, specific times and paces and distances, what you're looking to then do is to hit those times goals, hit those goals basically with as little effort as possible. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like your eight mile tempo, you wanted to cover eight miles in around about the time that I had set your, so it was, I think it was, I'd set 6.50, you ended up doing 6.40s. Yeah. You wanted to cover eight miles in that time as easily as possible or with as little stress as possible. 
Yeah. So you can then, like, because no one wants to go out and make it difficult for themselves. Like, otherwise, you'd just start at the bottom of a massive, <laughs> massive muddy hill. Yeah, you'd wear You wear wouldn't it. do it. Yeah, you wouldn't do a warm up. You'd wear steel toe cap boots and yeah. a big old, like, I don't know, weight jacket or something. Yeah, a parachute. <laughs> and then, yeah, you, then you'd go out and you'd try and run some 650s. No, you want to find someone that's nice and flat. You want to do your warm up beforehand and your strides and your drills and make sure you're ready to go. You want to change your footwear for some people. I know you just, you stick to the solar glides because they work well for you. Yeah. And yeah, like you want to get it done so that it has the most training effect, but with the least kind of hangover is the best word that I can think of for yeah. it. That's kind of universally understandable. You want to have the least hangover from the training possible so that you can then recover quickly and then train again as soon as possible. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. So I think if we were to kind of summarize that point, that is really, you know, what's, what's the old statement is a planning, planning prevents poor performance or something like that. It's, so yeah, basically. Well, yeah. as well, like what I think the most important thing is, is we're having you do basically one session on one long run a week with some easy runs in between that for recovery yeah. and just kind of extra aerobic development. If you're doing that session on a Wednesday, the first thing, as soon as you finish that session, that creeps into your mind needs to be, right, I need to be ready for my long run on Sunday. Yeah. Because I've got, what have you got? For this? I do have your training plan up here. I've, Let's I've see got, what you've got this Sunday. I've got I'm, an 18 miler from... You've got from an 18 memory. miler. Time on feet, TOF. Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah, you're going to finish your, you've got some K reps to do this week. I'm, I'm assuming you'll do them Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. As soon as that last 1K rep is finished, you got to be thinking, right, how am I now going to get ready for my long run on Sunday because I've got to do 18 miles and that's going to take you to uh, 220, something like that. Yeah. Two hours 20. And 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 it's, in, it's interesting because I'm thinking about obviously what we talked about earlier is doing it as a group. I'm mm. perfectly happy to go and grind out my interval session knowing that I'll probably get to do the majority of my 18 miles with somebody else. Yeah, you'll Sunday. probably get at least 15 miles or so of just having a chat and just jogging around basically so so that gives me a lot more confidence knowing that i don't have to <laughs> yeah no no i don't have to slog it out with my own thoughts and go oh god you're in deep sam um <laughs> you know with that with 18 miles by yourself basically like yeah exactly and i don't know about you but i find intervals and like just faster work training at above kind of your just threshold i find it quite thrilling running fast it, it, I, like, fa- I felt like that the other day actually mm, it can- it's way more enjoyable for me than going out and doing a long run like if you ask me what's my favorite part of running i'd say f- being fast running fast i, I think uh, for me it's almost like the affirmation sort of the affirmation with within myself the fact that i not that i doubt it because i know i can go i'm confident now i can go out and run a 640 mile in some respect but mm-hmm. it's it's going out and going right. It's putting you back I, to back to back to back. I know I can do one, but the fact that I did eight and felt good the other day, honestly, mm. I can't even explain how good I felt having done them. There's <laughs> that floaty feeling. Yeah, and just mm. being like, whoa. And that kind <laughs> of, and, and re- I got that about halfway round as well. I thought, I don't feel like I'm going to slow down. And that was, that was that feeling that, like you say, it was a big kind of, ooh, like. But like it's still, you say you felt good, but was it easy? Were you jogging? No. Like it's no. still. It's still a hard effort. Like you're still trying, but it's kind of like, it's just coming naturally to you. Yeah. And that's, you pretty much described exactly how you should feel on a tempo. So guys, if you don't know where your tempo zone is, run to that feeling. Yeah. I think that's really good. And something that, it's just a point that I thought of as you were sort of explaining my session is that I think it's a really good way to really, we've talked about stress now a couple of times. Mm it's a really good way to kind of minimize stress is to focus on a couple of things. Cause if we say like, you know, you and I are fortunate that we don't have kind of what I'd call like a nine to five, yeah. five day a week job or whatever. Like we're very fortunate in that position. But I imagine if I was back in my old job where I maybe did work five, six days a week, knowing that, right, I've got to focus on two runs, two runs are the runs I focus on. And then the rest of it is just like, say, just, just getting out the door and getting it done. Just doing some, just doing some miles in the, mm. in the middle. That's, I think is probably a really nice kind of training ethos to have to, yeah, to minimize stress on yourself. And I think, in life. I don't think anyone at any real level needs to do more than that for the marathon, to be honest. Yeah. I think most of the magic comes from the long run and then the specific sessions and the rest of it is just recovery. Yeah. And one, the last thing that I'll say about marathon sessions as well 
is yes, you need to do your specific sessions. Yes, you need to do your Canova style in and out kilometers and your 15 by a mile and your long tempos and that sort of thing. But don't fall out of touch with your speed. I mean, I was listening to a podcast with Frank Shorter on the other day. He won the 1972 Olympics in the marathon right. in Munich. And I think he was second in 76 to someone who was almost certainly doping. Right. Um, and he used to say whenever he went on the track, he would never run any slower than 5K pace. So he would be deep in marathon training and he'd be running 800 meter reps in 208. Damn. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's quick. That's eight minute, 3000 meter pace. Yeah. Or, What's something that people will... Okay, so that's 13.20 parkrun pace. Brr, there you go. Brr, Which, no, thank you. <laughs> and that's, you. that's no, a parkrun world record by about 25, 30 seconds. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So, And he was marathon training and he was doing that stuff, but he was also running 120 miles a week and he was also doing a 20-mile long run at the weekend at, you know, sub-six-minute miling. Yeah. And it's, it's... That, it's that range that you need to have. And you're not going to fall out of touch with this. And I said to you as well, I wouldn't be surprised if you could run a sub five mile on the day of the, the on the day of London, like were yeah. it a mile race, you'd probably go out and run a mile PV, yeah. but it's a marathon race. You're going to go out and you're going to run a sub three marathon. It's interesting. Yeah. So to kind of summarize on that as well, like we've talked a lot about that. We've talked about sessions and recovery. I just want to bring one thing back around to the group and talking about going quick is something that I said to you before we recorded this pod. Obviously we talked a little bit last week about Kennedy Sibikele versus Kipchoge. Yes, we did. Yeah. Talking about all the way up to the elite level. A lot of the stuff you've just talked about is stuff that I've read that is stuff that Bikele has changed in the way that he trains. He talks about, mm. you know, going quick when he wants to go quick, but also training is a part of, part of a group and it's really interesting to hear you say all that because then the other thing, the next point we're going to talk about, recovery. <laughs> he's also Key. said that he's also said that he's focusing a lot more on listening to his body and being like a lot more active with his recovery. Yes. So it's really definitely. interesting. We're obviously having a chin wag about this. You know, this is just kind of like you know mind mind vomit at this point. Like us, <laughs> us just me just trying to soak in advice for a marathon. But rest assured, listeners, that all this stuff sounds like it goes from where we are whether we're trying to run four five three hour marathons it goes all the way right to the way the up sub to, two guys exactly yeah, absolutely it's, and, it's and everything in between yeah so and you say four or five hours geez, you can translate this to if your best marathon is just i don't know eight hours yeah still translate like it still works you still need to do long runs you still need to you'll still benefit from doing some speed work Jeez, recovery is probably more important for them than anyone else yeah well, go on then, jump in because my uh, so here's here's my thing with recovery. I've f starting to learn how to recover, and that sounds really yeah. stupid because you think you just go home, you go to bed, and you're fine, or you go to bed, you're not fine. It hurts the next day. <laughs> I'm learning more and more about recovery. So what I mean by that is kind of like finishing a long run and then being really conscious of my hydration for the rest yeah. of the day. Well, let's, let's put it in simple terms and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into it. So Go recovery on. for me is three major things. It's your recovery runs. Yeah. It's your sleep and it's your nutrition, which means your food and hydration. Yeah. Those three things combined, if you nail each of those things, then you're going to recover. Yeah. One of those being out of place will affect your recovery to the point that it will probably impact your performance in your next session or race interesting so if we go a little bit deeper into those i guess we'll do them one at a time so recovery runs that's something that i've had to learn the hard way you've had to learn as well through me kind of preaching about it and i've even as recently as like the last couple of weeks i've been told off by my coach for going too fast on days that are supposed to be for recovery yeah and it's impacted a session that i've done and yeah sessions can be impacted by other things like the wind or if you're doing a grass session and it's muddy or you know just whatever but recovery runs have a big impact on your sessions and if you're not recovering let's say a normal club runner most people will do a tuesday and a thursday session right if that wednesday run is too hard your thursday session isn't going to be as high quality as it can be yeah and that pace that pace is different for most people but i mean and people talk about heart rates and things like that as well what it basically needs to be is it needs to, you need to think of it as a restorative purpose. You need to finish that run feeling better than you started. Yeah, that's a really interesting point to make. And mm. and I think a really key way of doing that is just 
kind of understanding what your body's capable of and then staying deliberately underneath it staying way way underneath <laughs> like but but what I'm, i mean put to put it into perspective i ran my easy run today i ran six miles at 720 pace yeah which, a lot of people listening to that will think and if they know that i've run you know 28 30 for the 10k they'll think wait what yeah that's your i mean some people say a standard formula for your easy running pace is your 5k pace plus two minutes that for me would be 624 i never hit 624 pace jeez yeah it's well i I think and and this is something that again hopefully people i'm giving everyone a real like insight into the way my mind works for better or for worse here but i'm hoping (laughs) but i'm saying it in a way that i hope somebody can maybe relate to it because i feel like out of the two of us i'm probably more relatable for a lot of the listeners (laughs) well yeah you are you are definitely the majority i'm definitely the minority yeah and what i mean by that is if i go out for a run generally i'll go out and i'll run it to what i think i can do and i'll try and push a little bit at the end Mm. i've found it difficult to kind of slow down to finish a run thinking like oh i could have gone out and just done that again and probably gone faster exactly so Mm. now that i'm starting to be a little bit more conscious of times and deliberately slow myself down it felt really weird at first Mm. Uh, but as i've started doing them now i can actually I feel a lot more comfortable now going out and running like eight and a half minute miles because I almost know, I'll tell you, this is what I feel, is I feel like it's almost like a stigma, like a pride thing because I go You out. think, yeah, well, that's the, that's why I think things like Strava can be so toxic to people's actual train. Like, I think it's great that people share their training and, you know, you have this platform for everybody, like not just runners, like just everybody who likes to exercise and wants to go out for a run or a bike ride. They yeah. have this platform to share what they're doing and it's almost like social media for training. Yeah, it, no, it is. But it can be toxic because people are thinking, oh, but like if I don't get my best on this segment or if I run this mile really slowly because it's got a massive uphill or because it's muddy, like, and they, they just push harder than they should be because yeah. of how it's going to look to other people. And first thing, no one cares. Like no one's looking at your Strava thinking, exactly. like, oh, he ran that mile a bit slowly. Like no one gives to be completely honest yeah but yeah like i think that recovery is (laughs) i'm just gonna make a note that sam's writing down where i've sworn so i can bleep it out (laughs) mate we're all about family Uh, friendly on family friendly yeah we don't want apple getting angry the apple overlords i don't give a damn about apple i don't want want my listeners to be angry yeah that's true sorry (laughs) listeners naughty boy right anyway i was ranting about recovery wasn't i you were uh I've, I've lost my train of thought but basically guys just don't go too fast on your recovery runs. well yeah so so my my point just to come up and, and i'll summarize this from from the majority standpoint as yes we, as we just agreed <laughs> is that i know that i can go out and i can do a decent run of a, di- like a decent distance and i can go sub seven is like a comfortable pace for me and sometimes i go sub seven sub seven sub seven and then sometimes <laughs> you see like an eight minute mile and you go oh that looks a bit weird people think i'm incapable now it's that almost mm. like not anxieties that's not a fair word to use but you know you sort of look at it and you go i hope no one thinks that's like my normal running yeah and it's funny that you say sub seven as well because like geez there are runners way faster than me there are olympians olympic medalists that never break a seven minute mile or an easy run yeah. I mean, my coach is a good example of that. I mean, he runs seven thirties most of the time, and I don't think he'll mind me telling people that. Yeah, like, it's it's just it's interesting. It's it's a, it's a really interesting concept that learning to slow down sounds ridiculous because you you you'd think oh well anyone can go and do that yeah but it's a real thing that I've had to learn as part of my recovery. And now <laughs> that I'm starting to get into it, like now I can kind of go out and rhythmically hit eight and mid eight mile eight minute miles which for me would have been really unfamiliar Mm. now i kind of understand the impact they're having and yeah you've so that's what i was going to ask you is have you now felt the restorative benefits of running slowly on easy days yeah and the thing is as well is it's just like feeling i understand how it makes you feel a little bit fresher so nowadays on saturday mornings i've actually kind of backed off doing park run a little bit but i'm going out and doing a similar length run mm. nice and steady because like i say i'm braced for my long run the next day yeah, and well there's no reason why you can't go out and do a park and just jog around it at you know eight minute pace and i know pace somebody maybe somebody what's eight minute pace for a park run 25 like, something yeah, like that yeah just say guys i'm running 25 minute pace if you want an easy pacemaker if you want to switch off like we said the importance of running with a group switch off and have them just follow you yeah it's interesting but although the time we tried to do that park run people said yeah yeah i want to run 20 minutes we ran 20 minutes and just cut through the field in the second half because everyone went off too quick yeah but but nevertheless by so, the by, 
So it's yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear about yeah, running slowly and, and just the the weird effect it's had on my brain basically is to yeah. slow down, Sam. Slow down. You can <laughs> you you know you can run faster. Save that for a session. Save it for another run. Just mm. slow. It's down. about having it's confidence and discipline basically. Yeah, yeah it's big those thing. are and and those are two huge things in running. If you're not confident, then you're not going to believe that you can do what you're capable of doing. If you're not disciplined, then you know it's just all going to yeah fall apart basically so moving on to the next one i mean we don't really need to dive too deeply into sleep sleep is just you need sleep your body repairs itself when you're sleeping everybody knows that yeah so why would you go out for let's say your run yesterday how many hours did you sleep last night i don't know <laughs> you should and it should be eight plus <laughs> there you go there's there's me I, telling sam off live on air <laughs> I, I i feel like it was probably between the seven it was probably around seven hours. Oh, those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up, son. <laughs> Wolf Wall Street reference. Here oh yeah, yeah. No, you got to pump those sleep hours up. Okay, everybody, listeners, sleep. Sleep is your best friend. Sleep is more important than I can't. No, I'm not going to claim that. Sleep is the equal third most important component of recovery. Yeah. If you can do all the great training, perfect, hit all your splits. Your nutrition could be on point. If you're sleeping five, six hours a night, you're not going to get the benefits of those training. It's just not going to happen. And the same as if you're getting low quality amounts of sleep. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that your sleep quality is good. And that's things like, I mean, I doubt many people are smokers here, but like smoking before bed is bad. You want to leave caffeine and alcohol for as far before bedtime as possible. Yeah. So let's say you like to have a glass of wine at nine o'clock at night. If you can have that glass of wine at five, you'll get a much better sleep and you'll recover much better. Interesting. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine in the evening, but just pick and choose your time to do it, basically. Interesting. This is stuff that I actually haven't heard before, but I can mm. I can fully appreciate it. Some... Yeah, and there's there's tons of research out there to to prove that and you know, tons of people that are much smarter than me that encourage the same thing. So Interesting. Interesting. Um, so I guess we might as well, on the topic of wine, move on to hydration and nutrition and your food. <laughs> well, I recommend I recommend a Primitivo Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's Primitivo? It's just nice, juicy, rich Italian red wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Shows how much I know about my wine. We'll have to get one of the one of David or Adam on here to talk about <laughs> wine for hours. <laughs> oh dear. Right, let's talk about proper hydration. Try and avoid grapes in your drinks. How about that? Avoid grapes? We just talked about wine 10 seconds oh, ago. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I do know that wine is made from grapes. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm shutting down mentally a little bit, apparently. I've <laughs> been talking for too long. You've been drinking too much wine, I reckon. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it was not a pint of water that I was just drinking. It was a pint of wine. Oh, God. But, yeah, no. We'll start with hydration and then we'll move on to nutrition. And, like, I'm not a nutritionist, so take everything I say... Pardon the pun, with a pinch of salt. Right. Yeah, hydration. Be hydrated. I mean, I don't know how else I can put that. Like, just make sure you drink water. If you can, if you can have a bottle of water with you at all times, you will never see me without a bottle of water or a glass of water yeah. within, like, you know, how often do you see me without it's, some kind of hydration, yeah, some kind rare. of water within, like, a few foot radius? Unless I'm actually out running or I'm out, you know drinking things that aren't water which is few and far between now yeah it's yeah i'm just i've always got the option there if you can have if you can get yourself a big bottle of water fill it up at the start of the day that's a big thing that's something take that, it to work with you drink it yeah you know? that's that's a big thing that i find is just even though it's not always practical to you know be really caught because it's easy to forget about water if someone says i'm gonna put the kettle on who wants tea and all that sort of thing it is easy to forget but yeah having well, a, stuff like that is good as well like yeah Another thing that I can just jump in there with as well is you don't want to flood your system with just water. Like hydration is more than water. It's about electrolytes as well. It's about mineral balance in your body. Yeah. So you do need to have other things, but it doesn't have to come like it doesn't have to come from tea. It doesn't have to come from a supplement. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to drink Lucozade every day, for example, because it's got electrolytes in it. Like that stuff can come from your diet and it can come from the right amount of hydrating. So don't overhydrate, but definitely don't dehydrate. It's about finding balance. Yeah. And, and a way that I personally have found that I feel good is if I kind of set myself a target per se. Like if I'm at yeah. work, one of those sort of big two liter bottles of water or something like that you can get, 
one of those if you just go right whatever happens come the end of the day i will have drunk this entire bottle it's a really <laughs> as long really... as you don't forget about it and then at 4 50 p.m <laughs> chugging two liters of water no that's one really good way to make yourself sick yeah and it's also it's just not effective hydration like little and often is far better than just panicking half an hour before yeah. a run and downing a pint of water exactly have a glass of water on the go throughout the day and you'll mm. feel a lot better and, and do you know what something that i want to say that i've learned and been really conscious of as well bracing for long runs and things like that mm. is i found myself now on saturdays the day before my long run being super conscious of my hydration because i know that if i wake up and i feel dry and, mm. and a bit funny on sunday morning it's you know it's kind of too late really you want to really yeah, make sure that you're affected. absolutely effectively hydrated in the build-up to it and come race day i know certainly for my 10k that i snitted and obviously we've talked about it and come the build-up to any future races and events the two days beforehand i'll be super conscious making sure mm. i'm hydrated making sure i'm hydrated just so it becomes that habit well no that's actually a great point and i'll give a little quick anecdote here because we've just ticked over an hour i think so we'll wrap up soonish after we've talked about hydration fueling sure. but so when I was in the States and I was racing out there, our regional NCAA qualifier meet would always be in Florida, where obviously it's pretty hot in Florida. So hydration is key. Yeah. And I'd be running the 10,000. So we would normally race that on the Thursday night and we'd leave, I think, on the Monday or Tuesday. But we'd finish our long run on the Sunday and the coaches would say like, right, guys, hydration has already started for Florida. Like you better be hydrating. You better be getting in like the extra stuff that you need, the Gatorades, the Pedialytes, yeah. stuff like that to make sure that your electrolytes are well balanced, you're well hydrated and like you've got to stay on it from then all the way through till the race. And like they just, they really emphasize the importance of that and I never raced particularly well in Florida because I probably wasn't so good at actually yeah. listening to that. But like, it all out, yeah. yeah, I mean, I learned the hard way just how important hydration is. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it sounds, you know, this is, I don't want to say it's you know, teaching someone to suck eggs, but it, it's so easy to neglect without realizing. Definitely. Like, I guarantee you, anyone who's listening to this, if you're, if you're in this bracket, literally turn to somebody that you work with and or in your family and just ask yourself do you drink enough water do they drink enough water because the answer is almost almost always is probably going to be no no exactly. and the last thing about it as well with the talking about hydration and training it's not all about hydrating before the event or before the training session you got to hydrate after well, i'm fully conscious of how much water and how much stuff you're now that i've done those long <laughs> runs this is what i mean like now that i've done those long runs where I'm going over the half marathon distance, I'm mm. really starting to notice like I'm coming away and I feel drained. Like I want to put it all back in. Yeah, definitely. Well, here we go. Pro tip for after your long runs. If you're traveling to a long run, for example, like you do, like we go to Alton Water. Yeah. Four things that you can bring with you or three things actually. Four, no, we'll, do, we'll go with four. We'll be generous. Why not? Four things that you can bring with you. A bottle of water, Kay. number one. But for before, for on the way, and then for after, sometimes maybe even for during, if you're doing a really long run, yeah, some chocolate milk for afterwards. Ooh, best recovery drink ever. France a banana had, for France afterwards. Had one of those the other day, there we go. Milk. Yeah, he knows. He knows. He learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even told him that. I'm sure I have at some point. Banana for afterwards. Bananas. I just think they're great. They're easy to get down if you feel a bit sick after a long run. And a cereal bar. There you go. You get those in you. Um, the general rule, I think, is twenty minutes within twenty minutes of running. Some people can only consume liquids within twenty minutes after a fast run or a hard run or a long run. But you you need you want something in you, which is why the chocolate milk is there, yeah. and also because it's delicious. Shout out chocolate milk. <laughs> Huge shout out chocolate milk. Screw Any chocolate milk brands who want to sponsor the podcast or me or Sam or whatever. Screw, screw you, <laughs> fancy Italian wine. We want Nesquik. We want it now. <laughs> Let's not, oh, okay. let's not specifically shout out Nesquik just in case we do get that Chalky Milk sponsor. Okay, yeah, no, we'll also happily accept from, I don't even know, any Chalky Milk people. Uh, Yazoo or something. Yazoo, yeah. fridge, yeah, there's <laughs> millions out there. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, food as well. Like, how much can we really say about food? Just eat healthily. Make sure you're fueled for your runs. Make sure you're getting in something. Carbs. Yeah. Carbs, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get too technical about it because... I can only give what works well for me. Yeah. But yeah, you are kind of right. Like you want to eat something that's relatively slow release before a run. 
don't eat five minutes before you're going to go out for a run unless your stomach can handle it. Like basically, it's a, it's trial and error. You've got to find what works for you. And if you don't know what works for you, ask someone else what works for them and try yeah. it. And if it doesn't work, don't do it again. If it does, stick with it. And I don't think Paul will feel too guilty about this. So I'm going to shout him out and expose him a little bit on this. Ooh, what's he done? I'm going to tell him off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those silly little things. We got most of our way around a run yesterday and he was starting to feel a little bit flaggy and mm-hmm. we ended up talking about like chocolate bars and all sorts on the run. It was great. And then he sort of admitted that he'd had like half a bottle of water for breakfast that day. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So cardinal sin, long run on an empty stomach. So yeah, so shout Ooh. out Paul. I'm not trying to get you in trouble with the boss, but uh, but yeah, don't do that guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's just, that is one way to make it really tough on yourself. He yeah, hopefully out. he, he hopefully work. went home and ate a big old fry up or something. Well, he had we finished and we went to the cafe and he had like three bars of chocolate and a couple of drinks on the go. So he <laughs> it's was not ideal, but, but he had, you know what? It's something he got. Some, he probably was craving a bit of sugar. Definitely, we we all had a good we all had a good chin wag about chocolate bars. It was great, making yeah. me hungry actually. Should we should we round this off and just go and eat chocolate? Yeah, let's bars? go get some chocolate <laughs> bars. Jeez, right? Yeah, there we go. Make sure you're fueled. Uh, tell you what we'll do. We'll save race day fueling and you know what you should take on during the marathon for another day. I think we're I think not- that's something we could ramble about for quite a long time. And we've not practiced your nutrition, or your like on the go nutrition or anything yet. So I think it would be fun to have you do that and then check back in. Yeah. Okay. I and, and you know what I doubt that we're going to be short of uh, <laughs> short of marathon specific topics to talk about in the build-up to my race absolutely not it's going to be a fun 12 weeks excellent well i've got all of that fun weeks to listen or all those fun 12 weeks to listen to grinding out the mileage and all sorts of things but we will make it best effort to grind out these podcasts thank you for listening to this one today as well and thank you this one's been kind of semi-scripted but i'm aware of how much rambling we've done just as this has kind of been you being yoda to me oh we've gone here. miles off the structure that we yeah. <laughs> set out we've had to keep dragging ourselves back we've kind of gone this has been quite a personal personal chat between the two of us but hopefully anyone who's listening has found some little nuggets of information they can extract for there's got to be something there. useful in there exactly. at least one thing exactly even if it's a wine recommendation come write to me <laughs> <laughs> but anyway thanks again everyone to listening again thanks to everyone who's been leaving comments on the pod thanks to everyone also i won't go through names now we don't have time but thanks to a lot of people who've been sponsoring me in the build-up for my um marathon as well i appreciate yeah, guys all- check out sam's social media profiles links to sponsor him where he's running for each which is a great char- charity yeah. based out of east anglia where we live yeah so again thanks to everyone and we will see you on the next one <laughs>